baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Ugly, ugly, ugly. Uh, that would uh, three words to describe the, the Minnesota Vikings and Chicago Bears last night on Monday Night Football. As we welcome in Brian Murphy on the uh, John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline. Brian uh, writes for Bring Me the News and Purple Insider. And uh, the most glaring, shocking, alarming thing from last night uh, as a Viking fan or just an observer would be what, Brian? Uh, that the Josh Dobbs miss is probably just that. Yeah. It's, it's a miss at this point. Um, you know, it's one thing to wander out of the cornfield like Shoeless Joe and, and into the huddle and <laughs> yes. and, and see a team right. that's desperate. Uh, it's another thing two, three weeks later now that defense is even uh, as bad as Chicago might be, when you have uh, when defensive coordinators have time to to pick through your yep. record and your tape and your uh, your performances, they're going to find vulnerabilities and exploit them. Yep. And boy, did the Bears really come after uh, Dobbs yesterday and and really just overwhelm the offensive line. And uh, you know you could. You know, look, Dobbs is a great story. We're all rooting for him. You know, the rags to riches, you know, nobody from nowhere is a great storyline, but it's just unrealistic in the NFL to think that that's sustainable. So I don't, you know, they got to buy. They're six and six. They're still very much in the playoff picture. They've got some winnable games coming up, but this was a very winnable game at home, Mm -hmm. and they looked awful. And, uh, you know, I think Kevin O'Connor, you know, Kevin O'Connell's probably thinking Dobbs might not be the answer. It right. might be Jaron Hall. It yeah. might be Nick Mullins. Um, there's a lot to consider in the next two weeks, and uh, none of it's pleasant. That's the thing, too, that, st- that struck me last night is that, okay, the part of the enjoyment at Josh Dobbs over the last couple of games has been his ability to escape and elude defenders and that didn't happen last night, and you you said it. You know, when, it's like when baseball players get called up. You know, a guy you know gets called up, goes on a hitting tear, and then finally they figure out how to pitch to him, and suddenly those numbers drop down. Is a little like that, but you said it. If the Bears can do that, I mean, these other defenses they're going to face, I can't imagine. And there's a reason, right? Josh Dobbs is a journeyman, and I think that's why sure. we saw it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you've got he's played for seven uh, different teams i believe or at least six or seven um there's a reason for that i mean not because he's not talented or not good enough but just because there are others that are better and you know there's scouts and coaches and coordinators that get paid an awful lot of money they're the best at what they do and they've determined that he has a ceiling now he has moments where he can create he can ad lib I mean, the touchdown strike to Hawkinson was a great throw. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you mentioned, the Bears really took away the option that he could run. And that's what made him dangerous and exciting and sort of a wild card. And that wasn't available yesterday. And then you see the panicked throws and the the ugly interceptions and, you know, being a step behind a receiver or throwing the ball too hot, you know, 
things may change a bit if Jefferson, Justin Jefferson does return as expected after the bye when uh, the Vikings go to Las Vegas on December 10th. But, uh, you know, if, if Dobbs can't get the ball downfield, it doesn't matter what Justin Jefferson's doing 30 yards down the field if, if the ball can't get to him. So, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of 16 to 13, yeah. 13 to 10 type games where the Vikings are going to have to rely on their defense and a few big breaks and a few big moments uh, to just kind of claw their way in. What do you think about the line? I mean, you know, the off- offensive line of the Vikings much um, uh, criticized, rightly so, uh, but they've been really good this year. But, boy, they did not look good last night. No, and the Bears, look, the Bears really dialed up a lot of pressure. I think they just decided, look, Dobbs could be shaky. We're 3-8. and eight. We're just going to send the house every time we can. And they did a really good job, and, the, you know, the broadcast really did a good job, too. I think Troy Aikman pointed it out many times that they were able to contain the edges. You know, they were able to keep Dobbs from, you know, spinning out of trouble and turning up field and getting 15, 20 yards. Uh, he had nowhere to go. The pocket collapsed around him. Um, they, I think they decided, look, we'll take our chances in the secondary on one-on-one coverages, and if he can figure that out, we'll adjust. But he never really could because he couldn't get out of his own way. He couldn't get out of his lineman's way. And, uh, you know, you wonder, too, if, if, if Addison holds on to that, 50-yard pass on the first series, um, how that may have changed the tenor of the game. But, you know, you get a quick three and out after the Bears had had a long, sustained drive, and suddenly, you know, and then the next, I think, possession the Vikings had was at least one of the four interceptions. I mean, the first quarter was just awful. And, uh, you know, any other team would have buried the Vikings early. The fact that the Bears are so bad. Yeah and let the Vikings hang around was the only reason that this was even remotely interesting in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that and that, that too. I mean, even with as, as abysmal as the Vikings' offense was last night, I mean, Chicago gave the Vikings every single opportunity to take it. And that's the other thing. Was I mistaken? Did we bring back uh, Ed Donatel on that final drive? Suddenly, you know, the blitzing Brian Flores' defense – and Troy Aikman pointed it out. He's like, boy, they should be coming with pressure here. I don't think. And they kept dropping back. Well, that, that seemed to me bad timing to, to Im- implement that kind of defense in that drive. Yeah, that, that really, you know, Flores is known for being aggressive. Yeah. And it just seemed like he, 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 he turtled at the wrong moment. Yep. He thought, I'm going to play prevent. I'm going to make, you know, Justin Fields beat us. And, boy, he had on that third and ten play. Well, first of all, you know, you can start with the Ryan right punt yes from midfield yes that was what 25 yards awful he it out of bounds i mean if you can pin the bears inside their 10 yard line that makes it much more difficult instead they're starting in at the 25 a couple of runs later a couple plays later they're at midfield and you know look they got a big leg kicker and you know on third and 10 they rush three he drops back fields has all day steps up and throws a rocket down midfield and boom ball game and I, I'm, I'm sure Flores on Thursday, well, where I don't even know if the media is going to have a chance to talk to yeah. him anytime soon about really what went down with that. But I, it did seem like he really took his foot off the gas. And O'Connell did too, I think, on the, on the Vikings' final yes. drive, where yep. he, uh, clearly, you know, Dobbs has not earned the trust after a performance like that. But, you know, to run the ball up the middle a couple of times and throw a bad screen pass and then go three and out, and and the idea is we'll pin him deep with the punt. They even took the delay of game to give Wright more room. He has one job to do, and he failed. 
So, you know, it's just a calamity of things at the end that add up. And, and when you're playing that poorly, any NFL team can beat. And Fields, look, as bad as he looked all night, he can still make a play. And he made one play at the right moment, mm-hmm. and that just daggered, daggered the Vikings. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, let's move to the other uh, big uh, sports story from yesterday. The uh, Wild uh, say goodbye to Dean Evison and uh, put uh, John Hines in that position. Uh, your thoughts on this move? Uh, as I mentioned to you, I think last week or the week before, you know, NHL teams are known at doing this. If things get off to a rocky start, uh, many, many general managers have not been shy about pulling the plug and getting getting a new person behind the bench. Um, is How much do these kind of moves have an effect uh, on on a locker room and get guys to play better because I mean that's obviously the Dean Evison isn't you know handcuffing Kirill Kaprizov not allowing him to score there are significant issues on the ice that I think were out of Dean's control. Yeah, no question. I mean he's the the convenient fall guy. Yeah. Coaches in pro sports always are. You can't fire twenty three players. I mean you have to you have to make a change sometimes for change's sake. And I think. You know, Garen had gave him a pretty strong, uh, if not vote of confidence, some good political cover when they came back from Sweden saying exactly that. Like, Dean can't go out there and execute. Dean can't stay out of the penalty box. Dean can't kill penalties. Dean can't, you know, not turn over the puck. But I think the last two games, and I actually went to Friday's game and wrote off of that against Colorado, and, you know, they were decent for moments, but, uh, you know, they couldn't stay out of the box. They gave up the power play goals, a terrible turnover, by John Merrill at the blue line ends up in the net for the go ahead goal. And then they go to Detroit and what do they do? They take five penalties, give up two more power play goals. They pretty much dominated play five on five, but uh, you know, they lose by a goal because they they're undisciplined. The goaltending has been shabby. Uh, You can tell they're not playing with confidence. And I think Bill Guerin just woke up and said, you know what, this is a shattered team. Uh, It's time to make a change. And, uh, you know, John Hines is familiar with this. He came into to Nashville a couple of years ago, uh, midseason as well, taking over a, a pretty fragile team and, and led them into the playoffs. Um, I don't know if this is much as a placeholder move as it is. Yeah. A, a, you know, Garen still believes in this roster. I was listening to the press conference just mm-hmm. a bit ago at XL, and, you know, his, re- you know, his reputation's on the line too. This yep. is his roster, his contracts, his no-trade clauses that he negotiated. They're still dragging around the, the Parisi suitor dead money, but uh, he still believes, you know, 20 games in that, this, that there's, there's a reason that, you know, that they can turn things around and become a playoff team. I don't know if that may be the right philosophy. I mean, you don't want to tank, but uh, maybe it's time to, to make uh, a, a, you know, embrace a bad situation and, and rebuild from there. But Leopold's not Craig Leopold. The owner's not built like that. Bill Guerin's not built like that. He brings in an experienced NHL coach to try to turn it around, but ultimately it's what are these guys in the dressing room going to do? What are Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Boldy, the goaltending, the penalty kill? Um, If none of this improves, uh, you know, it doesn't matter who's pulling the levers behind the bench. 
talking to Brian Murphy from uh, Bring Me the News and Purple Insiders on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline. I should mention Jordana uh, just uh, became uh, – every once in a while she kind of feels bad about the medication she takes. Has some reaction to that. She just stepped away for a minute. Hopefully she will rejoin us soon. I also saw you wrote about a gopher football and P.J. Fleck. They lose to a bad Wisconsin team at home, but because of <laughs> Hawaii and a crazy last-second field goal that happened you know, hours later in the middle of the night, they're suddenly bowl eligible. Um, P.J. Fleck in the University of Minnesota, what – how long will we see him around? I mean, I, I, you know, Mark Coyle said, you know, I still believe in him, but it sure seems like uh, fewer and fewer people are in that camp. Well, I hate to punch down. Look, you know, I, this was a tough season for them, and I, I, I really wasn't interested in writing about the loss to Wisconsin mm-hmm. until I listened to Flex's postgame news conference. And, you know, he was defensive. Yep. Uh, he was petulant. And, you know, just the sloganeering is, is fine if you're winning games and you're upsetting top 25 teams and you're playing on New Year's Day and you're, you know, you're, you're winning your rivalry games. But, you know, there just seemed to be a lot of excuse making that it was very convenient for, you know, look, Minnesota's never going to compete right. with Georgia and Michigan. Right. Uh, we know that. But if you can't beat Purdue and Northwestern and Illinois and you look awful. Uh, you can't, you get shut out in the second half against a bad Wisconsin team at home. And, you know, he comes in there and he's, well, you know, I, I, you got five or six guys, freshmen playing on defense. What am I supposed to do with that? Intimating that, you know, the transfer portal, it makes it difficult yeah. to preserve uh, four-year rosters. This is the reality of, of college football right, right now. And it just seemed to be a lot of scapegoating and avoiding of responsibility. And, and I think what's really driving fans nuts is his unwillingness to be aggressive, uh, even in a lost season, yes. uh, you know, on fourth yes. downs. And look, this is your quarterback. Right. Uh, this is the guy you recruited. You can't, you, you know, you can't trust him. You won't trust your offense. And you have a defense that can't make plays. And you're coaching not to lose, and it, you are losing. And, you know, it's one thing to say it's on me and I own this, but it's another thing to lash out and, and sort of blame everybody else for your problems. And I just thought that's just it's, – it's tone deaf and it's ringing hollow. And I don't think Mark Coyle's in a position to be unloading on, on, on Fleck, and I don't think Fleck's going anywhere. No. Uh, and I don't necessarily think he should. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think this is kind of his mess. He's stewing in it. He should be given an opportunity. He should be actually made to clean it up. In fact – the bowl game, in some ways, rewards the seniors, obviously. And it should be noted, too, the, the, yes, Hawaii's you know, random victory at the last second with a field goal positioned the 5-7 and seven Gophers to actually be that 5-7 and seven team to get a bowl bid, but it's because of their academics. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were you know, in the top 10, top 5 of uh, grade point average, yep. APR. Um, so these guys earned that opportunity. So I'm, I'm happy for them to get another shot to kind of – you know, have one more, you know, one more road right. trip, one more game with the fellows. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something to be, I don't want to say celebrated, but that's something to be appreciated because yeah. of their academic accomplishments. So if anything, uh, you know, that, that may allow them to, to maybe put a nice bow on yeah. this uh, stinking pig of a season. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I got to go. Brian, thank you for the time as always, sir. All right. Take care of it. Brian Murphy uh, from Bring Me the News and uh, Purple Insider. 952 back after this.